Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That. One day we will have an intro, but today is not that day. Good morning and hello. I'm Eleanor. I'm Kalina. And welcome back to Don't Quote Me On That. Uh, this is the, I think, fifth episode of our special Euphoria miniseries. Um, also dubbed the fifth? Fezco yeah. Fan Club. I don't know. Also I can't do dubbed math. the Fezco Fan Club. Uh, yeah, it's because we did two for season one, and then this is the third. Yeah, I'm so smart. I can do math. Um, anyway, today we will be dissecting season two, episode three. And we did something really fun where we actually um, tried to keep a timeline of events when we watched it and not just um, notes in no order. So that's I mean, big my for notes us. were in order. The problem was I don't provide any descriptions. I just put my yeah. thought down, and my thoughts, um, like one of my thoughts is gaslight. I don't know what I was referring to. You see the problem? Well, I could tell you exactly what you're referring to in this episode, actually. <laughs> Unfortunately, so the last episode I'd say was um a little bit more confusing or at least non-linear narratively. Yeah. Or like it had a lot of it had a lot of jumps back and forth. And this one is fairly A B C D E F G, mm-hmm. which means my timeline not as helpful, but like I think it's a good practice to, yes. to get into. Definitely agree. Um because, like, we watched these so when they came out and then wrote our notes and then have not looked at the episode mm-hmm. since. So, shockingly, if um, the content is more fresh in your mind, sometimes it's easier to talk about. Which is a lesson I feel like I should have learned um, maybe our first couple weeks of doing a show together. I don't know, because uh, last week we just read our notes out and I think we got we got way... We went over time, as usual. But, like, we got some good content out of that. And I had no clue what was happening. Like, we messed up the timeline. And then I went and read my so notes much. back. And then I was like, oh, wait, we skipped, like, 50 things in between all of this. <laughs> but not the point. Um, I am stalling a little bit because I need to make my font bigger. Because I I'm am blind. sitting further away. Um, yes, also, I am blind. Font? bigger well, I'll, oh, give, that's I'll give a little 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 uh, opener for the episode so this episode like we talked about before every episode opens and focuses on a different character well actually sorry um the last couple episodes didn't have a little featured player i was thinking so i'm that. very glad that they brought they brought it back yeah i was thinking that because i when i i did skim through this episode briefly just to have the timeline fresh in my mind and i did I was like, oh, I felt like this was missing. But didn't we focus on Fez's grandma for one of them? For one of them, I just know the last one didn't. And I don't think everyone in this season does Mm -hmm. because they're kind of like running out of characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like we're not focusing so much on the main character. The first episode was Fez's grandma, which like we've never actually, I think, I think we've seen her for like a total of 30 seconds probably. But anyway, this episode opens and focuses on Cal, who is Nate's dad but -hmm. like it opens on young cal and like him and his best friend Derek, and they like wrestle together and well they're on the wrestling team together let me rephrase that well and they wrestle (laughs) (laughs) and they do everything together and cal has the sickest car in the whole world and i want one and the jeep 
I said what I said. Yeah, okay, that's a stupid question. Sorry. It's got no. Uh, yesterday, I was telling someone my dream car is a Jeep Wrangler, and he was like, "With the roof or without a roof?" And I was like, "Do you, why do you have to without?" Obviously, there's only one <laughs> correct answer. My grandfather used to have one that like the do- like it didn't have like proper doors or a roof. It was like a zippy sort of thing, which like was terrible when it rained, but like also really fun. My thing with Jeeps is like Kalina loves Jeeps, so this isn't going to be do. a popular opinion for my audience. No. I just. And, like, I agree. I like the look of, like, the classic Jeep. I just, I keep too much shit in my car to have one. Oh, I really, see, I, I truly do. I obsessively clean my car every five minutes. So there's never wow, anything in who there. who is shocked by that? <laughs> the like, only, no the one thing I keep hand. in my car all the time is a towel and a swimsuit. And the that's... one thing I keep in my car at any given time is an entire change of clothes, um, Usually at least $20 cash, a fast food gift card or two, empty, mind you. Um, I always have at least two lipsticks. Um, I will have eyelash glue. I, I like on purpose or that's car- stuff you've just left in there on accident? Or do you like make sure that's in your car every time? Oh, no, they just kind of accumulate. Oh, I also... Um, over the summer, my grandma and I shared a car because um, she's too old to drive anywhere but doesn't want to give it up. Uh, Anne, I'm, if you're watching this, which I know you are, I'm sorry, uh, but I've told you to your face that you should not be able to drive. Um, anyway, I always kept a belt in the back because uh, at work, sometimes my pants would just start falling off and it never occurred to me to like wear the belt before. You remember how, Kalina knows this, you guys might not know this, um, we're on a time crunch recording this episode. <laughs> not me. I'm not the one on oh, the no. time crunch. <laughs> just for a reference. The one going off topic is. But go on. Um, anyway, I use my car as a purse because I refuse to carry a purse. Yeah, I don't carry a purse. Um, and so I just got like pockets full of stuff. I'm a pocket lady. Which is um, very difficult to do when you don't have pockets. I went up to this dressy event the other night and like, obviously my dress did not have pockets. And even if it did, it did not have pockets big enough for the stuff I was trying to hold in there. So I was just holding everything in my hand. Oh my goodness. I saw this video. I'm so sorry. I saw this video the other day and it was this girl who collects vintage things. And she was talking about this purse from the 2000s, which first of all, I don't think things from this century should be able to be called vintage, but that's a different conversation. Um, She was like, have you ever wondered what that little tiny pocket is in your 2000s purse? It's for a cell phone. Are you stupid? Yes. (laughs) Anyway, back to the episode. Anyway, back to the episode. Um, My first note um, is too many penises. Oh, I started taking notes immediately. My first note is love young cow's car. Shocking to everybody. Um, and then I also wrote that men should be able to have platonic relationships like this. Unfortunately. Well, mm-hmm. not unfortunately. But that's not what that evolved into. But also they were kind of cute, so I don't mind. But, like, I do think in general, not in this show specifically. I have no I have no qualms with, or no problem with the show doing this and, like, leading them into being in, a, like, a sort of relationship. Oh, yeah. Gay, yeah. Gay representation, important. Platonic, close, male friend portrayal also important yeah so like in this context it's not really it's neither here nor there but i just think in general more friendships should be presented like this 
Mm-hmm. And also, there, so there's, so basically, I didn't take too many notes on like the middle parts. There was a lot of, um, what's the word? Copulation and yeah. nudity. Oh, there's also, um, a scene where basically Rue's giving the voiceover like always, and she talks about how the two friends, what's his name? Cal and Derek, how they're so comfortable that they could talk for hours or also sit in silence, which I think is a perfect, is, you know, you need that in a friendship. I don't want friends that I have to talk to the whole time. I, I'm the quiet friend, so I love hanging around people who like talk a lot. Because that's not true. Every single time I talk to Kalita, she says, shut up. But that's a me thing, not a, not a climate thing, unfortunately. Well, see, it's different because it's just the two of us. So, like, I'm forced to be the only person responding to you. Whereas, like, if you're in a group of people, <laughs> you need, like, a couple people. So they'll talk to each other. And I just got to sit there and, like, sometimes I'll interject. Sometimes they'll ask me a question. That's my dream scenario. Most of the time I get left alone. But basically, Cal and Derek, best of friends, are on the wrestling team together. They do everything together. Then Derek start not Derek, Cal starts dating Marsha, who is Nate Jacobs' mom, who I think the actress who plays young Marsha kind of looks like Lexi. Mm-hmm. That was just a random side note. that I, I, did, I did notice Every that time I well. see her, I think that. But um, they start dating, and then Derek starts dating some other girl. And then, like I said, lots of fun stuff happens in between. And then they graduate, and they're going off to different colleges, Cal and... Oh, sorry, sorry, real quick. Um, before that, there's a scene where Cal and Derek are in the Jeep, um being horny i guess and we get a really long shot of some cut off jorts and if i ever i know it was a different time if i'm ever lusting after somebody and they wear not not just regular jorts cut off jorts shoot me i feel like that's probably happened before to be fair but anyway not the point (laughs) so then they're graduating and they're going off to different colleges. So one night, Cal and Derek go to this, like, he's like, oh, Derek's like, oh, I know some, this someplace will serve us. And Cal picks him up and they go to this gay bar and then they're dancing together and they're like, they put music on the jukebox and it's so cute. Um, They get served, they're 18 and the drinking age is 21, although it probably is, eight, anyway, because it changed probably in their generation, but not the point. Um, they get served, and then immediately Derek turns to Cal and says, See, I knew they would serve us. At least try to pretend you're not 18. <laughs> Stay on topic. We're on a time crunch. That I was one of my notes. It's important. Hmm. That was also my last note for this whole thing, so, so it's on you now. Um, yeah, no, they're dancing. They kiss. Um, they go home. Cal wakes up the next morning, and he's like, you can tell he's just like in a really good mood. He wakes up to a phone call. And then I thought this was a really good, really, well, really good acting. Um, because this entire scene is shot from above and it's just basically, not like a close close-up, but like a close-up on Cal's face as, he lay, as he's laying in bed on the phone. And it's Marsha on the phone telling him that she's pregnant. And like, you can see every emotion he goes through and he's like, no, I'm excited. And... Um, mm-hmm. She's like, oh, yeah, I took three pregnancy tests. He's like, three, you took three. But you can just see on his face he's trying to act like like he's trying to act like he's happy. But then he hangs up the phone and he cries. And I just thought this was a beautiful, beautifully shot, really well done by the actor playing young Cal. It was. Um, but that is the ending of the little, that's like the little opener. Then we get hit with the, the title screen, Euphoria. And then Rue 
comes in doing what I do anytime my housemate is not here. I'm so sorry. (laughs) My first note is this is what Kalina does when she's alone. That's my first note. I said, so um, call me irresponsible by Frank Sinatra's playing and Rue's just like, doing a dramatic interpretation of the song in her room and i i have a housemate but i've basically lived alone for the last few weeks because she's just not around so that's that's just been the gist of what happens in between my two practice sessions in the day as i i sit here and i give give artistic renditions to no one there is no camera crew following me sometimes i'll send them to eleanor but i don't think she's as entertained uh no if it helps I'm not that much entertained by Rue doing it either. I thought it was hilarious. I also said that I like that Zendaya isn't trying to do everything because the girl can sing, but she doesn't. Yeah. Which uh, unfortunately cannot be said about all the characters. Uh-huh. But like just in general, I do like that um, she kind of picked what she's best at and is going for it. Uh-huh. Dove Cameron. <laughs> and Dove Cameron's the friend fans. All of her fans are like, oh my god, please. Which like... And it, she's not bad, but like, stick to stick to she's your guns. She's definitely better at one thing. Exactly, stick to your strengths. But anyway, um, Drew is yes. doing this dramatic interpretation of "Call Me Responsible." She goes to the kitchen. She's like drinking milk out. I don't know. She's she's, she's dancing. And- yeah, she throws a pop tart in the thing, and I have a lot of like thoughts about what is actually happening on screen, like what they show us on screen versus like what is quote actually happening i was wondering so that rue think she's putting on just the performance of her life um you know she's was able to just throw pop tarts from the wrapper right into the toaster and then we cut to gia sitting at the kitchen table just looking at rue just <laughs> she, not this like, is a, the best shot okay gia's looking at rue and in the background rue's got a pillow behind her head and she's like Waving it like it's a fan or something. And then she's got a glass of milk in her other hand that she's starting to drink. And then also, this is this is why I was like, I wonder how much of this is real also. Because then the music fades out. So it's it's not... I don't think Rue was listening to Call Me Irresponsible. I think Rue was just performing Call Me Irresponsible. And it was playing in her head. And Gia looks at her and she goes, are you high? And Rue's, and Rue spits the milk back into the cup and goes, oh, well, I mean... And then we cut to... Um, we cut to Rue teaches us how to evade suspicion when you relapse and bullies her sister. That's my official time code title. <laughs> it's kind of like when she was doing the um the one on like dick how pics and stuff. Nudes. Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. And um, so like they're in a classroom. Elliot's in charge of the projector, and she calls him Ellie, which I think is hilarious. But he's like flicking the little projector, and um, this is oh, this is my gaslight note. Then so I wrote step one is to uh-huh. find a cover drug, which is what Rue did. Rue told her sister she was going to smoke weed. So if anyone was Which, like, um, sends poor little Gia into a spiral, and at no point does Rue go, maybe that's a bad idea. Like, I know why she doesn't think that's a bad idea, but, like, it's a bad idea. Also, Rue opens it, opens this whole, like, aside by saying, you know, I know I'm a TV character, and you guys are, like, supposed to root for me or look at me for something. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's true. I think if um, you are a parent or if you are a teen and you are looking at Rue and saying, I-, I want to do that, stop watching Euphoria. Gain some critical thinking skills first. But step one is to find a cover drug. So she said it's going to be weed. Step two is to gaslight. Is that was, my, that was my second step. Because basically now every time she's high off something else, 
if Gia's like, oh my god, are you high while you're performing and call me responsible in our kitchen? She's gonna be like, and she's like, yeah, yeah but not only. the opiates. Even yeah, though it's definitely the opiates. Um, I also wrote, uh, oh yeah, so Gia, it uh, does not take kindly to Rue saying, I'm just gonna smoke some weed. Um, and they get into a little fight and Gia's like, you know, you don't care about yourself, you don't care about me, you don't care about your mama. Mm -hmm. And Rue is like, that's, she doesn't say this, but her face is like, that's preposterous. That's, (laughs) no, you you don't, you do not care. Um, And then I said, Rue, calm the bad word down and go to therapy. You're a minor, you can find it for free. Yeah, and then she like I don't think she does what she says next because Gia she she's in her room and Gia talks to her, and I don't think she does this necessarily to like manipulate like I did say she was gaslighting her but like to manipulate Gia oh, to mm-hmm. agree into the into the thing into her smoking weed, but she was like um, it's better than me committing suicide, which is and she was like that's right. Where she's this like, is when I say right get now. some therapy. Yeah, she's like that's where I'm at right now. Um, me smoking weed is better than me committing suicide. And she is like, she doesn't like agree, but she like comes around because I guess if your older sibling is like, I could die or I could smoke weed. Oh, yeah. Rue doesn't give her a lot of great options. But like also, I think that would be a good point if it were true. Mm-hmm. Um, if Rue was like genuinely smoking weed helps me like not want to kill myself. That's a good point, I would say. Um, It's not a great point when... You're lying. You're 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 lying. Um, I also wrote because Gia and Rue get into a little tussle. I wrote, "World Star." <laughs> and then, so then we get like a little. After that, we get a little compilation of sorts of like Rue telling different people that she's she's like, "I'm just smoking a little weed." So we cut back to the scene with Gia, and Gia's like, "Are you high?" And she goes, "Maybe." And then they move on. And then they're walking, and then next shot is Rue and Lexi walking down the school hallway, and Rue goes, I just smoked a little bit of weed, and then she immediately proceeds to walk into a door. Which she just whacks was- her whole body into a door. It's so hilarious. Funny. And her outfit's so good. Then she, then we get, like, a shot of her and Jules, and they're like, I don't know, sitting on a bridge or something. And she's like, oh, just- also, sorry, right after Rue gets hit in the face by the door, she just sits down in the middle of the hallway and is like, I'm just going to sit here for a second. Why are all these girls sitting on the floor? Does this, I mean, I don't think the school has a great budget. Do they not have chairs anywhere? Oh, I, um, I saw, I don't know if anyone remembers this guy from Vine, okay? And I think his name on Vine was like Meech on Mars or something. His name is Demetrius Harmon. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. But I was scrolling through his Twitter the other day, and it was like, he had a tweet that was like, the only explanation for this school's budget, because I'm sure everyone, we haven't talked about this episode yet, but I'm sure everyone knows there's a play at the end that Lexi puts on. And he was like, the only explanation for this school's budget in this play getting money is that the teachers and staff are all kicked out and the students took it over, because that is the only way that anyone got to spend money on these things. The... I think the a lot of the play goes back to my idea of there's a big difference between what we're shown and what like actually happens in canon. But True. yeah, I agree. The jokes about the play are very they're very hilarious. Funny. Oh, I also um, Rue and Jules and Elliot are hanging out in the hallway, and uh, they're like, "When was the last time you played Truth or Dare?" 
And I said, <clears throat> Kalina's not going to like this. I said, Thruple, real Jules Elliott. If it were a different show, it would happen. I if think it in this show, show, it almost happened. happened to be oh, fair. absolutely. Um, I wrote down, Elliot and Fez would probably get along. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're, so they're like sitting in, in, I don't even know where they are. Someone's room, I guess. They're in an empty classroom, it looks like. But like also, they're probably just in somebody's room. Yes, it's definitely someone's room. There's like writing on the, I think it's a room. But anyway, they're sitting in a room. Jules I mean, it's is like, definitely sh- a room. <laughs> Jules shine, is like shining this lamp on Elliot's face and asking him about like who he's into, guys or girls. And I did like, he said something like, not in such like... I think I don't remember what the question was, but he said not in such rigid rigid terms, you know, about his sexuality. Okay, yeah. So basically, um, Jules is like, "Do you want to do Rue?" And he's like, "No." And then she's like, "Do you want to do girls?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm into girls." And she's like, "Are you into guys?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm into guys." And she's like, "Oh, so you're bisexual?" And he's like, "I I mean, I don't want to put that that I don't want to put those rigid terms on it." Um. And then she's like, how many girls have you slept with? And Elliot says, uh, tech, uh, she, he's like, three or four. Um, and then they're like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, one of them definitely wouldn't count it because it lasted for three minutes. No, she definitely wouldn't count it. So, and then whatever the lower number was. And then he's like, how, she, uh, and then Jules, I like, this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Um, and then Jules is like, how many guys have you done? And Elliot says 43 and then they're like what and then he's like I'm messing with you and then he t- looks at Jules and says how many guys have have you been with and um then Rue pipes up from the back and says she doesn't want to answer that question because she's kind of a whore and then Jules gets upset but not about what you think she's upset because Rue used the word whore instead of the word slut which is fair um, and uh-huh. then Jules says, it doesn't really matter. I'm not that interested in men anymore. And Elliot says, how many men do you have to fuck to no longer be interested in them? <laughs> and then, um, so Elliot Elliot's is like, kind of hilarious. Elliot's like, how many people have you, uh, how many men have you had sex with? And, um, he, she was like, I'll tell you, but you can't tell Rue. And then Jules whispered, an, I would assume, a number. And Elliot says, that is a mentally ill amount of people. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he's not at wrong. T- and also, he's my favorite. Towards the end of this conversation, um, he goes, she's at, you know, she's asking if he's straight or gay, Jules. And he goes, you're a nun. And Jules goes, Jules goes, how am I a nun? And he goes, you're a trans girl wearing a binder asking me whether I'm straight or gay. Which I think, like, I just like how he turned everything on its head. And then it gets better. She, Jules goes, well, I'm, you know, I'm trying to navigate a very straight binary world. And then he says, you sound like you're navigating a Twitter thread. (laughs) (laughs) This is the funniest thing I've heard in a very long time. He's not wrong. He absolutely isn't. He should have said it louder for the people in the back. And then, and then, like, so Jules turns around. She's like, well, most guys don't hang out with two girls unless they want to sleep with them. And he goes, yeah. he goes, I didn't say that I didn't want to sleep with either of you. 
And Rue goes, oh, so you want to sleep with Jules? And he goes, you guys are disgusting. I'm, um, I'm not waiting around just to see who's going to sleep with me, okay? I don't like you. I'm leaving. Um, I also said, I would fall in love with Elliot if he talked to me like that. Which, I... um, unfortunately, is true. Clint, I didn't think I would talk, fall in love with it. Elliot if he kept his mouth shut, to be honest with you. But I also think I'd fall in love with most people if they kept their mouths shut. I just think more men should be hot. Or, no. I think more hot men should be mean, but not, like, you know, mean in a Nate and Cal way, mean in, like, an Elliot way. I think more people should be I'm also not the person to take advice of any sort from, because... Well, we met you. Because we've met me, and unfortunately, we have heard me. Uh, and then we get uh, a little, a cute little rules when one of them riding their bikes together. Yeah, Jules is racing, and, only... and Rue's in the back going, this is why I don't play sports. Yeah, the only note I have for this whole thing is women. Women. Not not to repeat myself, but Jules looks so good in this season. She looks so good in this season. So good. And then Rue does some drugs, because um, if you all remember Obviously. from earlier, she relapsed, and she's insane. Oh, and then we get Lexi. Um, Lexi asks permission for her play and has a reality TV note moment. And she's like, I'm so cool and quirky. For the longest time, I've pretended that I don't actually exist. And um, it's, I, you know, I, I'm, on, I'm in a movie. Um, that's... That's disassociation. You should probably also seek therapy. I wrote Lexi is so cute. And then I wrote Observer or Wallflower. She's adorable. And then Lexi, the director, is us describing our show. Um, But then, like Eleanor said, said, she has a little reality TV moment. So she's like sitting in a chair. It's kind of like they're behind the scenes on set. And she's sitting in a chair getting interviewed about, you know, the the play and what, what she, why she wrote it and what's it about and all that stuff. Well, this and... time it's a movie. It's not the play yet. It's a oh, movie. Yes. Sorry, it's a movie, movie about her life. So the movie about her life. Um, so she's, you know, she's like, this has never been, this has never been done before. The sidekick's usually more sensitive and smarter, the more chameleon character. So why wouldn't we make a show about the sidekick? So she's kind of like trying to turn, again, turn the narrative on its head. But then also, Rue comes in and gets interviewed about the show. She's wearing sunglasses. She's very clearly high out of her mind. She's wearing sunglasses. Mm-hmm. She's like slouched in this chair as low as she can go. And she's just like, she, you can, it sounds like she's been told what she's supposed to say, but she's not putting any emotion into it. She's like, yeah, the show's about love and friendship and it's really good and blah, blah, blah. So I said, Lexi is ta- us describing the show, but then Rue is me about literally anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It is really funny. I think Rue and Lexi are so cute. Mm-hmm. I know they're friends, and I know Rue is not a good friend, but they're so cute. There's also a scene where um, Lexi's doing her little director thing, and somebody's like, Rue Bennett is 47 minutes late, and Lexi's like, I'm going to kill her, <laughs> which is good. There's... That's the energy more people need. Then we get um, to talk about the most insane oh. person I've ever met in my life. Not meant, but like the most insane person I've ever experienced. She, so it's the Cassie getting ready montage. 
first of all, we we get we get we are in the room and then this alarm goes off at four o'clock in the morning and I was like four a.m. and Lexi's sitting in her bed because remember Cassie and Lexi share a room so Lexi's sitting in her bed working on her play. And Cassie's like, and then like, yeah, Cassie's like, why are you awake at four a.m.? Lexi's like, why are you awake at four a.m.? And it's so she. Which, to be fair, is the only answer to that question. Yes. And then we get to see Cassie getting ready, which takes three hours. Three. Nate Jacobs is not that cute. I would say he's no. maybe worth like one hour of effort, but then you remember he's insane. But like, if you take that out the equation. He's not three mm-hmm. hours worth of preparation cute. Also, what do you do for three hours? I get ready in 15 minutes. I can't like, imagine it taking I three hours. a lot of makeup. And, like, I can make it... I can stretch it out to three hours if I, like, have a lot of things going. I'm not actively, like, doing something for the full straight three hours because that's insane people behavior and I don't think that's she like showers and washes her hair and exfoliates her whole body and dry brushes and uses every morning no she's absolutely insane Um, I have some good notes I said Cassie you are messed in the head therapy and then uh, in the ruse voicing over this part and she's like, you know, even she, she's talking about how Cassie is doing this so that even if Nate doesn't look at her or, you know, pretends not to notice her, that he knows that she's his. And I said, Nate isn't pretending not to notice you. He is not noticing you. And then you know who does not care and does not notice? Nate Jacobs. Jacobs. And then, right. So she's very also in all of this, like when you see the final product, she's very clearly starting to look more like Maddie. And one thing I was wondering is, like, they never addressed this, and I'm sure it's not 100% intentional, but I was wondering if it was intentional on her part to dress like Maddie or if she's just like, I'm going to dress like what Nate likes, and what Nate likes is Maddie at the end of the day. But, like, I, I was, I'm always wondering if Cassie is aware of that because if she is, I think that makes it worse that she's like, I'm going to be the one for him, even though he's very clearly still hung up on his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Not in the way oh. you traditionally are. No, in a very special Nate way, because, yeah, boy's insane. And then there's this whole thing where I think everybody's seen it, where Cassie and Maddie are basically wearing the same outfit. Mm -hmm. And then Cassie, like, has a little freak out about it. And no offense. Do not have sex with your best friend's ex if you cannot handle having sex with your best friend's ex but then also the worst part is that's the one day he like looks at her because every other time she's dressed up he like completely ignores her in the hallway and the one day she's dressed like maddie he like pauses for all of two seconds and looks at her doesn't he like doesn't even give her a look of pro- he just like looks at her and then keeps going about his day and she's like vindicated but like this girl mm-hmm. is shaving every day also if i shared a room with cassie and she had an alarm at four o'clock every morning she would never would see her phone her. again uh-uh she would get woken up five minutes before the bus came i would hand her a pop tart and she would she would live like she were amish really Mm-hmm. and then we get into some, some more lightheartedness so we go back to the truth or dare with jules and elliot some, some thruffer truth or dale some um, what? Truth, please, please say that word again. Thruple? That's not what you said to the first That's time. not what I said, but I was hoping <laughs> that you would ignore that. Um, for some reason, the first dare is that 
Jules just pees in the street. Yeah, and then a car comes, and then she turns around to face the car that they're in. Elliot goes, hey, don't pee on the car, but, like, you, you open That's the door for That's your fault. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, you know how sometimes when you rewatch, like, iCarly or Victorious, or, you like, you see clips, and there's just stuff that's, like, very obviously a fetish, you know? No? There's a lot of feet stuff in iCarly for no reason. Um, that's how I felt in the... Uh, the opening scene where Cal's mom puts her feet all up on Cal's dad's face and then in this one with all the pee stuff um you know who does not need to know that you're into pee and or feet the whole world you can just do that quietly or better yet do it silently and then Elliot gets there to walk up to a bunch of boys (laughs) And he he, he goes he, he talks to, like and they're like very clearly like very like a man manly men jocks and he's like I've um I've seen the way you've been looking at me and, you know and like basically he's, he's hitting on the guy and then no, um, he says the worst sentence yeah you ever. see how I didn't say the sentence he said we can poop on each other's chests and was that him or was that part of the dare i need to know who that came from uh, my so money I is can decide. Was him it was absolutely him unfortunately it was a hundred percent him like, but oh, anyway oh. understandably the jock and all his friends get no i guess not understand but they all get up to chase him and beat him up i guess oh no it's understandable because of what he just said and my favorite thing is there's a cop at the end of the hallway. Like, one shot. They're outside, and then he runs through the school. And there's a cop at the end of the hallway in one of the shots who just, just watched them run by and did nothing about it. Oh, yeah. School resource officers aren't actually helpful. He was like, hmm, that's not my, not my circus, not my monkeys. Um, oh, and then... The the thruple is in Elliot's room, and he gets the bed, and Rue and Jules have to sleep on the floor, which is hilarious, and also, why are they... Pa- I'm sorry, if I were Rue's mother, she would not be allowed to have any sleepovers anywhere. She would have lost that, right? What, what, were they forced to sleep on the floor, or did they choose to sleep on the floor? Because they're making they out the whole time. They definitely migrated to the floor so that they could... Um, get nasty which like don't do that with your friend asleep right there i know rue is high and can't you know she's just not to be fair i don't think elliot would care no elliot would join which is worse because they are (laughs) 17 (laughs) oh and then right listen do not indulge drug addicts ideas so we see we see rue snorting something right and then as she's snorting it, there's a she's doing the voiceover and it goes, "What if I am a genius?" No, you. Uh-uh. If you ever, th- if you're ever high and think, "Am I a genius?" You write that down and we'll look at it later. Uh-huh. But nine times out of ten, the answer is no. So then she goes to oh, Fez. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have a very uh, Rue has the worst idea in the world, but it doesn't even matter. She starts with Fez. She go yeah. She goes to Fez and she's like, "Fez, I'm a genius." And part of her plan is, well, you need to front me $5,000 worth of drugs. And Fez goes, because he's the most logical man, apparently, goes, I don't like how the plan started. Mm-hmm. He, like, doesn't let her finish. And she's like, that's so rude. No, it's not, it's not rude, rude. And then she goes he's to right. Elliot and she's like, Fez, would, Fez didn't even like the plan. He wouldn't even 
he wouldn't even let me finish. And Elliot's like, that's a great plan. Elliot, funnily enough, also a drug also addict. Also <laughs> So maybe don't listen to him? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, okay, then we get the funniest scene in TV history, okay? <laughs> I'm sure everyone has seen it, but all the girls are in the bathroom. We've got Kat and Maddie together. Um, Rue is there, I think, is it Lexi or... Yeah, Lexi's there, and then Cassie walks in the bathroom wearing this little, you know, one of her production outfits for Nate Jacobs. And she does look a little little country, countryfied. I'll she say. doesn't look as bad as all of I the characters are pretending that she no, looks. No, no, no. Like, it's cute. not that much of an out. It's like, it's not, I mean, she looks good, but like, the characters are acting like it's a very weird outfit. And it's, it's not. It's a little country, but it's not as weird as their their. No, I, I thought it was a cute outfit, but I think given the context, because what happens is she walks in, and remember, Lexi's doing a play, but Lexi hasn't really done a good job of explaining to anyone what the play is. And then the drama like, club... told anyone. Yeah. And then the drama club's doing Oklahoma, so I think Rue gets those mixed up, because Cassie walks in and Rue goes, oh, are you in the play? And Cassie goes, what play? And she goes, oh, you know Lexi's play. And basically, they kind of go back and forth, and it comes down to... Cassie's like, do I look like I'm in Oklahoma? <laughs> and Kat goes, why are you dressed like that? And Cassie goes, like what? Like a country music star. In a good way or a bad way? Which is the just the best exchange ever. Of, I think she looks like a country music star in a good way. She, You know what she looks like? She looks like, like if you had, you know those all-American girl dolls, American girl dolls? Uh-huh. I think if you had, like, a country one, that's what she looks like. Yeah, she looks cute, but, like... Oh, and then, uh, Rue's talking, and all of the girls are like, Rue, are you on drugs? And she says, yes. <laughs> and then we cut to... And then remember, this is... Maddie, what I keep forgetting is Maddie and Cassie are still friends, because... We don't really see a lot of stuff from Maddie's point of view, so we only get it from Cassie's. And obviously on Cassie's side, there's a lot of distance between the two of them. But we never really see it from Maddie's point of view, because I think on her side, she wouldn't think so. She might be like, oh, Cassie's being a little weird. And then we get a conversation where she might like might explain why she's justifying that, because she's like, oh, you've never been single, and, you know, I think it's good for you. And Cassie's here, like... And then Maddie's talking about being single herself. And Cassie's like, you deserve someone who's passionate and loving. And then I'm pretty sure in the back of her mind, she's like, like Nate is with me. Which, like, he's not because he sucks. Which, like, no, he's not. That's the thing. Like, I also wrote, because uh, I think I think Maddie or Nate, one of, or Maddie or Cassie is talking about how Maddie and Nate were bad for each other. And I think in Cassie's point of view, she's like, well, you know, half of the reason they were bad for each other was because of Maddie. No, they weren't. There was only, like, Mm -hmm. Maddie wasn't great. There was only one reason they were as bad as they were. And even if you, like, believe that, right, I don't think you can watch Cassie and Nate together. Because Cassie, like, to be fair, wasn't the most stable of people. But, like, I don't think she was insane until he entered mm-hmm. her life you know so like it's very clearly um my mom has a motto which is if everyone's got a problem with one person it's the person and in this case if everyone's insane when they're hanging out with this one dude it's the dude or like take mckay mckay was like an okay guy but like he did stupid stuff when he listened to Nate, you know mm-hmm. but the best part of the scene with cassie and maddie talking and cassie's like you need to you deserve someone who's passionate and loving is they're tanning with um 
the kid that Maddie's supposed to be yep, babysitting. Yeah. And Maddie turns to him and she goes, when you get older, don't be mean to girls you like, okay? So, like, you know, if one good thing came out of all of this. Yeah. And then we get a horrible scene, which is Cassie and Nate. Cassie and Nate sex break. Yes. Um, and at one point, Nate chokes her, but the choking didn't seem sexy to me. Like, it just seemed like he was trying to kill her. No, I could be oh, wrong. Yeah. Nate's but, like, not sexy. He's murdery. <laughs> he was... Like, if she died, I don't think he would, he would have been like, oh, no, that was 110% an accident. Like, I feel like there would have been a little bit of intention behind it. Um, also, none of these kids respect their parents. No. Like, even a little bit. And look, at, right now, based on everything we know about Nate's parents, his mother deserves a little bit of respect. Okay? she ha- we, She's not great. But we have not been, like, confronted with how bad she is yet. All we know right now is that she does not like Maddie because of, like, how Nate is with her. Which, Nate's fault, not Maddie's fault. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, she can recognize it's not a great relationship. And when Nate got beat up, she uh, said something about how it's probably not, you know, how Nate isn't completely innocent Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah, someone doesn't beat you in your face into that point. For no reason. Mm-hmm. And his mom was like, oh, maybe... But no, he's just... Cassie and Nate are just doing it in their house loudly. There's a scene where they're doing it. And then it cuts to the downstairs kitchen. And it's just his parents listen to them going at it like randy teenagers. Which they are, but like... What the hell are you doing? I also hate, there's a scene where it's like the middle of the night and Cal is sleeping on the couch and I guess he can see into the kitchen and Nate is standing there in his like boxers and Cassie's like in just his shirt leaning against him and they're just standing in the light of the fridge pulling things out the fridge and then they both look at him and like, don't do that. If you're going to live at your boyfriend's house, don't. Don't just pretend you don't exist. Maybe I wouldn't leave the room ever. If I wanted something to be like Nate, you have to give me a glass of water. Nate, you have, like I would not go downstairs with my boyfriend exactly. and, and next to nothing. Kalina came to visit me, and you know how many times she was in my kitchen alone. First of all, in my kitchen, zero. In my kitchen alone, z- zero. I don't know where Cassie gets the gall to act like she's the woman of the house all mm-hmm. of a sudden. I can understand where Nate gets the goal to act like he's the man of the house. Cassie, what are you doing? Again, back to Nate makes everyone insane. Uh-huh. Um, and then we get Cat uh, and Ethan comedy hour. I don't have too many notes on this. So I'll let you take this one over. Okay. Um, they have a very formal sit-down dinner with Ethan, Cat, and then Ethan's parents, which I would not do. Mm-mm. Um, it does seem like it was Ethan's parents' idea, but, like, I wouldn't do that. And then, um, Ethan's mom is like, tell me about yourself. And then Kat just has a full breakdown. She's also, I know we keep saying everyone's insane, but everyone's insane in, like, a different way. Like, Nate Jacobs is a, is a, like, like a, like a, like a serial killer insane. Like, I'm pretty sure when a lot of serial killers went to jail, everyone was like, no, that guy was weird, you know? That guy was we like I'm not surprised. So that's like a Nate Jacobs kind of insane. Cassie is like boy crazy, but like to the extreme. 
And then Kat is, is, um... And, like, at least for the a lot of the other characters, we have enough background to know, like, why they are the way that we they are. And, like, Kat just, I mean, doesn't like herself, which, fair, that can make you act weird ways. And then doesn't like her boyfriend. You know how you can get rid of the boyfriend's dress? Break up with him. Yeah, one of those problems is very fixable. And, like, mm-hmm. to be fair, I do think the not liking yourself makes everything worse. But, like... Absolutely, yeah. Since you can't fix that overnight, maybe address the things you can and then focus on that and then, one thing. Uh, Ethan Moms asks her a question and she just flounders for 30 minutes. And Ethan just sits there quietly. If my girlfriend was just going on this weird monologue about how she doesn't know who she is and that's such a weird question and why would you ask it like that? I would cut in and be like, well, actually, she's doing really good and, you know, we're partners in biology. We dissected a frog. Say anything to stop her no but it was kind of funny objectively it was hilarious hilarious. like (laughs) if i were in that situation i would not have my boyfriend well he might might have been cast in the play already so he's very busy you know he's running lines in his well no he wasn't because later we hear we see ethan tell cat and ethan's like i got the part and cat's like in what and she's like and he's like in the play and cat's like okay click then we get Break back up to the to the OG, the the crazy person who started this all, Rue, and she oh. she went with her big brain idea. Sorry, not yet. Um, right after that, we get a montage of Cal being sad, and um, in the voiceover, Rue says Cal wasn't raised that way. Talking about um how Cal has uh, really wants to kill himself, and in the voiceover, Rue's like, but Cal wasn't raised that way. Cal wasn't raised. Is anyone raised to kill themselves? Side Wait, note. No. I mean, people, I feel like some people were raised with, like, being told that if you did that, that was, you know, you would go straight to hell and there was a lot more shame about it than normal people. Cal was not raised. I don't think Cal had parents. I know he did because we saw them, but... Oh, yeah, his dad came in when him and Derek were hanging out. I was like, Derek, time for you to hit the road. And I was like, you, that's so rude to say that to your guest. Especially mm-hmm. a child. And then he was like, get up. And Cal's like, I will in a minute. And he was like, get up now. And Cal's like, I don't want to. And I was like, what is happening here? But like, also, I, like I said, I do think the show does a good job. We said this before. Does a good job of like showing you, even though people are crazy, it's not necessarily their fault. You know? Now, Nate, it again, is- we blame Nate because Nate was Nate was jacked up and then took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. He was like, I could make this worse, which like he didn't need to do because it was bad. But Rue goes, and um, since Fez rejected her idea, she goes to Lori, who's terrifying. If we remember, Lori's the, dr- the, the, the drug supplier, who's like real quiet and calm and calculated and made them all strip and make sure they weren't wearing a wire. And she's like presenting her pitch, and she's like, Rue's like, I'm in high school and I have a 3.95 GPA. And I wrote no, down, she how does she have a 3.95 GPA? Is this just for the pitch? Is she just so delightful? I say, Rue probably doesn't have a GPA at all. She got like a, one of those modified diploma plans, you know? Because I remember mm-hmm. when I was in high school, they were like, you can go for a 24 point diploma or like a blah, blah, blah point diploma, which some people do if they have a heart. Like, Rue's probably on one of those. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like fair. She did take some time. She, you know, she did have to go to rehab. She's having a tough time. Um, if you're a drug addict, 
you're I, I know I said this earlier, but this is where I wrote it down. You're not allowed to go to another addict to see if your business idea, particularly one about drugs, is good. Mm-mm. But then we get one of the funniest visuals in this show, which um goes back to our earlier point of everyone's got to know that Rue is high because she's biking down <laughs> the road with us. And like no one knows the suitcase is full of drugs, but she's got a suitcase because Lori offered to, decided to give her the drugs she was asking for. Rue's biking down the road, pulling a suitcase behind her and just singing a song. Rue asked for $5,000 worth of drugs that she would then, um, let's use a a, a nice Gen Z term, thrift flip uh, to bring in more profit. And by thrift flip, I mean MLM it. Um, And then Lori, because she's good at what she does, what she does is not good, but she is good at it, says, I'll give you $50,000 worth of drugs. It was 50000 It was 50000 Mm-hmm. It was 50000 and then they never talk about it again. It was 50000 Well, they talk about it. It was 50000 I have this scene here. Maybe we okay. She says maybe we should start smaller. Ten thousand, and Rue says deal. And Lori says that was very mature, Rue. If you pay each girl a thousand, you can flip it for twenty, and that's seven thousand profit. It's ten thousand because I know I have a a note later where I'm like Rue walking around like she don't owe somebody ten thousand dollars. It's fifty thousand because when she's driving, I thought it was. I thought she said fifty thousand when they when they were driving back, and then Ali at the end is like the sixty four thousand dollar question because apparently he just can look at a suitcase and a know it's full of drugs, which obviously on B know exact know the exact street. I'm pretty sure it's fifty thousand. I'm pretty sure it's ten thousand. Any either way, it's a big number. It's a it's too much. And Rue's biking down the street with 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 an expensive suitcase and like just nah 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 in her way down the road and like. Everyone's got to know she's high. If I were driving down the street and I saw a homegirl and I'd never met her before in my life, I'd be like, oh, she's high off of something. Mm-hmm. And then the worst part, she's on her way to an N.A. meeting. Oh, yeah. Well, we she decided that like smoking weed with her a drug addict friend before the N.A. meeting wasn't enough. She needed to up it a little bit more. So that was. And then remember, her drug addict friend thought it was a good idea. So honestly, she should have brought the- him with her. Honestly, if Elliot thought it was such... First of all, Elliot does not need money for drugs, does he? Isn't he a millionaire because he puts out some guitar sounds on the internet? Why Why can't he just keep supplying Rue with drugs? He thinks she's pretty. Apparently, that's enough these days. Also, I want to know how, ma- how much free drugs Fez has given Rue at this point. Because Boom. I feel like it's a lot. I'm I sure appreciate he sits that down he at has night. a moral guideline, but like, I'm pretty sure he, he sits down at night and he was like, Maybe if I didn't give her that last pack of 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 opioids, she she we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be here right now. Maybe this is all on me, cause he, she's insane. But speaking of Fez, we get um, we get Fez's right hand man. Who I rate this note. I think every single episode, Ashtray does not play, because Cal's sitting outside Fez's place, and an Ashtray pulls up with a shotgun and just points it at his face, and tells him to get out the car, and like. Cal is like giving him lip service back and like I know he could be literally your grandchild but don't argue with the child that's got a shotgun pointed at your face. Don't argue with anybody with a shotgun especially not if it is a 12 year old because he does not care. Mm. And so Cal gets dragged into 
their room, base, their house. Um, and for some god-awful reason, Cal is like, well, I don't think the chief of police, and then name drops him, would be very happy to hear about this. That boy does not know when to name drop. I thought when you got rich and uh, became affluent in society, like, innately, you kind of knew how to name drop and read a room. No, the only character in this whole thing who knows how to read a room is Fezco, <laughs> which is not great because I don't think he can read a room either. He is just the so best at chill it. <laughs> that it seems like he can. And I think Sam Levinson has zero ability to read a room. Oh, and that's sure. why none of the characters do. He well, he doesn't have to read great. a room because he's the only writer in the writer's room. <laughs> he exactly. doesn't have to do any reading. <laughs> Oh, Cal cannot. Nobody here can read a room, and I don't know what Cal thinks he's doing, but he is not doing it. And then they've got Cal sitting in this chair, right? And it's Cal, Astray, Fez, and Fail in this in the living room. And they've got Cal in this chair, and Cal's like, "Well, you beat up my son." And Fez is like, "Yeah, no, he well, he deserved it." Mm-hmm. And Cal's like, "Okay, tough guy." And then Astray just hits him with the end of the shotgun, and then they start talking. And like, I think Cal. What happened is Cal now knows that he doesn't have that Nate doesn't have the disc of him and Jewel any Jules anymore. So he's like trying to get it back and he thinks Fez has it and Fez is like, I got no idea what you're talking about. And Fez just straight up does not know Jules's name. Because he keeps calling her Jewel and then Faye's in the background like, Do I know Jewel? You know Jewel? And I was like, Faye, shut up. Like it was funny, but also now is not the time. But have your have your little crisis later back to my point of nobody knows how to read a room like we can forgive Faye a little bit because Mm -hmm. she is actively high out of her mind which is she paying for the drugs either is Fesco keeping a tab for her to give to Mouse when he wants to regain custody like not Mouse but her boyfriend yeah I was wondering sorry Mouse is dead because there's no way Faye is sober at all no and oh, there's definitely. no way she is making money. So, like, ha- I it know must be. these. He must have dropped her off and was like, okay, I, I owe you on all the drugs she consumes. Ex- yeah. I know we're not going to get these questions answered. But I think we should get these questions answered. At one point, also, back to my man, Astray, Cal goes, he hits him, right? And Cal goes, if you hit me one more time, and then you know what Astray does before he finishes his sentence? Hits him again. Hits him. And like Cal keeps talking and like stop. He's not gonna he's not gonna stop. So you just stop talking. Mm-hmm. And then and then basically Cal plays his hand because he thinks Fez knows more than he does, and he's like, Look, man, I didn't know she was seventeen. And Fez is like, Are you telling me you had sex with Jewel? Which again for reference, Jewel Jewel is Jules. And Fez is like, What are we even like what are we even talking about right now? And he was like, I just want the disc, right? Which is the CD that Nate has lost. And Fess is like, I, Fess is like straight up, I have no idea what you're talking about. What disc? Yeah. And Cal is like, you know, the disc of me and Jules. And Fess goes, you, and record- Fess goes, you recorded that shit? <laughs> and he goes, I didn't know. And Fess goes, you didn't know that you were recording? <laughs> recording. <laughs> and then Fez reveals that um, Nate is in love with Jules. Because he's like, he's like, Fez is like, who told you I cared about any of this anyway? 
And Cal's like, oh, well, Nate did. And Fess is like, oh, you mean your, your son, the one who's in love with Jules? And Faye's in the background like, oh, that's cute. And Fess is like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then <laughs> Faye asks Cal, first of all, um, Fez was like, what kind of weird-ass father-son stuff is going mm-hmm. on? Again, Fez, then, why is Fez the most astute person in this whole show? He should not be. Um, and then Faye asks Cal if he and his son do girls together. And the worst part about that is that's not even an off-the-cuff <laughs> question. She has very real reasons to be asking that question. Mm-hmm. And then, if your life ever gets to that point, drop out. <laughs> we get, I'm sure everyone's heard this sound on TikTok where he goes, I'm extremely confused. And, Fe, and Fez goes, you're confused? You're I'm confused. effing confused. <laughs> and then Cal goes, this part isn't in the sound, but Cal goes, do you mind if I just leave? <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I feel like he should have come to that conclusion earlier. Like maybe oh, the, the first time he got hit by the shotgun. <laughs> But then Fez, you know, Fez can't. Fez is a is a ride or die, so he can't let him go without a threat. So he's like, I'm just telling you, if you if your son ever, or you or your son ever mess with me or Rue or Jules, ever again, I'll kill you. Now, Ash, please, please, please escort this nice young man out of here. That's what he says. But he's like, Ash, Ash, try to get him out of here. I why is Fez like, and I don't know if it's on purpose as like a commentary or something, but Fez is genuinely the smartest person. And like the the most, not calculated, but like he he thinks about things. He he knows what's going on. I think people play him for a fool. And like, yeah, he's spacey, but he's not an idiot. Oh yeah, he's definitely just high all the time. But um, he still like he like when Rue is high, her brain goes. But when she's sober, it's also not firing great. <laughs> Fez has a good brain, and then it just gets a little slower when he gets high, which he is all the time. And then I oh I've always I always forget because we talked about this in the in the in the first episode of this season. Remember he got hit in the head, and that's why he's got that scar in his head. So like it's not also not entirely his fault if he's a little slow to the draw sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's something going like, on in his brain. Even then, when he gets there, guess what he is all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I have a quote here, and so but the next scene we see is um, Jules and Elliot hanging out in Elliot's room, and of course Elliot's playing the guitar because why wouldn't he be? And they're this, talking about yeah. Rue and she- how sexual Rue is. Yeah, and at one oh, point- I said, sorry, Elliot, and this is my time code. Elliot and Jules discuss how sexual Rue is while Rue attends a meeting with a suitcase full of drugs. Yeah, so I have, um, I think I, I, Elliot must have said this. He goes, "Why don't no, sorry." Jules says, why don't I trust you? And Elliot goes, is it the face tats? And I wrote, actually, no, that helps me. <laughs> and then I wrote, how is she bringing drugs to N.A.? Rue got some nerve. She's just the most stressful part. Like, she's hilarious, but it's, like, stressing me out. Yeah. Like, I guess she didn't have time to stop at home. But plan your day better? maybe don't go get pick up a suitcase full of drugs from a drug supplier just a suggestion um elliot did look really cute in this scene where he was like laying on the bed but again i would have preferred if he kept his mouth shut and then he would have been adorable Mm -hmm. it was absolutely adorable 
And then, like Eleanor said, um, Rue comes out of N.A. And Ali's sitting out there, sitting on the stairwell, smoking. And he's like, so, the $64,000 question is, Rue, what's in the suitcase? And Rue goes, school books. Because that's believable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ali's she like, definitely goes to school. Ali's like, oh, you're in the, you're, you're, um, you're an honor student now? And basically, Rue's trying to blow him off. And Ali's like, no, I want to have a, a talk with you. And Rue says just... Rue... Some of the... Like, this This is up there with... I, I stand by this being one of the worst scenes in movie history, you know? um, In the first Twilight movie, when um Bella leaves to protect Charlie, which she tells him, but she can't tell him, so she goes, I don't want to get stuck here like Mom did, and then leaves. And you can just see his heartbreak on his face. This is up there with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, she, what Rue tells him to shut up, and then I, I don't even I don't even have notes for this. It made me too sad. Basically, Ali, because of his his drug problems, has some has some issues with seeing his his kids, and he's like, "Look, I'm not." He and, and Rue tells him to shut up, and he goes, "Look, I'm not some parent you can just tell." Which, first of all, why are you telling your parents to shut up? Don't do that. But anyway, he's like, "I'm not some parent you can just tell to shut up, right?" And Rue says to him, well, it's a good thing that no one's looking at you to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he grabs the suitcase. And instead of being hurt, he's like, what? He's like, excuse me? Excuse me? I, he said, when I... And he's like, because, you know, you don't tell someone that casually. You know, he's like, I, he's like, I sit across from you and I tell you something. You, you don't get to sit there and use it to spite me. And he's like, if you yeah. bring that up and again, we're also, done. You say something when, back to me right now, we're done. When Ollie said that to him, it was in the, or said that to Rue, it was in one of the, like, special episodes, the hour-long expose of them literally just having a conversation and him telling her how hurt, like, how, like, he was given this, basically, this whole talk about how drugs ruined his life. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that it ruined was his relationship with his children. Mm-hmm. And Rue was sober during this talk. So Rue knew what she was doing. And I know, I know drugs cloud your brain, okay? I know you do things when you're on drugs that you would never do sober. And you will say anything to get out of a situation so that you're not caught. I get it. This is still a TV show and we did not have to be that mean to him. No, that's like second place for worst scene I've ever seen in media. (sighs) But on a lighter note, this song has the best soundtrack in the world um we get um we get to see ethan right that's his name ethan auditioning for lexi's play and they're like oh my god he's amazing um i do think that this play will be the end of cat and her man which is what i wrote down and um nate is going to go back to maddie because his life is a series of doing what's quote-unquote right and expected and as much as everyone hates like knows he and maddie are bad together i do still think they expect them to end up together Mm-hmm. And like she is the 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 right choice for all things all things considered. Like she, you know to be a you know I I think Nate, Maddie wants to be a trophy wife, but I think in turn Nate is expected to have a trophy sort of wife. So that makes sense. Yeah, the very end of this episode is Cassie. You know, did her six hour get ready to stand and go have sex in Nate's kitchen with his dad watching, um, and she's waiting two streets down from her house oh first of all when she leaves the house her mom is like where are you going and she goes nowhere 
And then her mom just, like, looks at her and Cassie goes, I know. Which is a throwback to how every single time she leaves the house, her mom is like, don't get pregnant. Which Cassie already did. And it did not change her behavior. Look, Mm-mm. I'm sure getting the abortion was not easy. I'm sure that is not easy for anyone. I feel like perhaps it would inspire a moment of self-reflection. No, she turned off all of her critical thinking no. after that. And I know it's not all Cassie's fault because I know she has not had an easy life. What what the H word are you doing? Anyway, she gets a text from Nate that's like, sorry, something came up. And then what came up is him giving flowers to Maddie. And mm-hmm. I think, um, I said, I know Nate is a bad person, so but he should at least tell Cassie he's trying to get back with Maddie. Mm-hmm. Because um, Cassie has said that eh, she doesn't care. She... she she loves me. It doesn't matter about Maddie. So, like, then just tell her. See how tough you are then. Yeah, see if it doesn't matter. And then, so he goes to, like, see her at where she's... Maddie at where she's babysitting Theo. Babysitting the kid. And uh, stop. Don't don't invite your boyfriend over to... Or your ex-boyfriend or anyone, really, over to the people's house that you're babysitting their child. Because I just feel like that's, like, a safety issue. And they yeah. might not vibe with that. Especially seeing as the boyfriend is Nate, anywhere he goes is a safety issue. Mm-hmm. I have I have some notes that I forgot um, about when Jules and Elliot were hanging out together, um, which is at one point I think one of the I don't listen I don't remember the conversation specifically, but one of them goes, "Are you trying to be an asshole?" And he goes, "No, I'm being sweet right now," and that's what we sound like. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, you are correct there. And I said this is not going to end well because they were talking about like Elliot very clearly is into into Rue and Jules is like trying to weasel it out of him, but like I think the two, I, I wrote down the two of them are not going to end well because I think because they both love Rue so much that's going to bring them together. Mm-hmm. And then Elliot must have said this to Jules because I said telling someone they have the same haircut as Kurt Cobain is not a compliment. Are charming. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so Rue, Elliot's like, you have great tits, and you have the same haircut as Kurt Cobain. And, like, those are the positives? And, like, one of those is, is I was going to say, like, nice. one is nice, but, like, I wouldn't put the two of those on the same level of niceness. Yeah, and also, like, they're both kind of... First of all, one isn't even a compliment. It's just, like, kind of a fact. And the other one, like, isn't... Like, there are nicer ways to put it, you know? I, this is the first time I think I was, like, quote-unquote, disgusted with Rue. Anyway, episode's over. Night shows up to Maddie's job because her foul hours, and, um, that was, episode ends. And, like, honestly, if you told me he was going there to murder her, I'd believe you. I would so believe you. But, like... I'm like, why does he have flowers? Also, nobody wants him there. What is his plan? Like, I know she's taken him back every other time, but, like, every other time he didn't, he hadn't, like tried to kill her you know here's where here's where you went wrong i heard it as soon as you said it nick doesn't have a a play his plan is to get his dick wet nate no i think nate unfortunately is the most like like he i think he plans everything down to the last detail but at the same time he's incapable of not being honest like this how it comes up later in the season, but like he, like if he he goes to apologize to someone, I don't want to bring spoilers, but he goes to apologize to someone, and they were like, 
oh, do you feel, um, do you feel bad or something like that? And he's like, no, because he, like, he's aware that he's awful, but he also, any sort of vulnerabilities he might have, he turns and uses them to his advantage to make him even more awful. You know what I mean? Nate is the most carefully thought out person on this show, unfortunately. That's why him and Fez yeah, you might be right. beefing makes sense because the two, unfortunately, the two of them have the most brain cells. <laughs> yeah. And they're using them. And maybe yeah. Ollie. Oh, Ollie, definitely. But like, Ollie is also a full, full adult. Yes. I think he's the only full adult that gets any respect, which is from the character. It's not like. Yeah. Which is crazy because. And Rue just trampled just, all over that. Rue just. And, like, I get she's high, but, like, don't say that. Yeah. The, I think we talked about this, like, last episode. Clean and I have never been addicted to drugs. Okay? I just feel like at some point, there have been a lot of moments where Rue should be having a rock bottom. And at this point, wh- like, she's we... digging. Clean and I know when it's gonna happen, but it should be happening now it should have happened and like like even if she was upset with him because she wasn't i don't think she was upset with him she was just high and he was like delaying her but like even Mm -hmm. if she was like upset with him about something specific you don't have to throw salt in the wound that like i'm there was like a million other things she could have said yeah that weren't about his children that drugs ruined his relationship with the like most vulnerable thing ever see this is why Where's Rue's mother? Rue and like where is Rue's even mother? if Rue's letting the Rue's mom is like letting her run around, which I think is stupid and a terrible idea. Like she doesn't get like she doesn't get like a phone call every couple hours, be like, Where are you? Or a text or something. Like even or if she Gina didn't answer. isn't like Yeah. And what happened to Rue having to sign in at all her NA meetings? I think her mother should have kept that. Granted, didn't she threatened the NA guy about like if you don't sign this I'm gonna tell everybody you tried to have sex with me. Yeah. Which like I guess use your resources wisely. But it, it at least make her keep a signage. At least that proves she was there once. Drop her off. You know how you can make <laughs> sure she went there? You take her there. Or like again, we've gone back to this do they have no family? I know there's like, okay, maybe her mom's gotta work. But one, her mom's gotta work every night and two Cause like I would have dropped her off and I would have sat my ass in that parking lot till it was time for her to come back and go home. But like, there's no one else who can check on them. And like, it's not fair to settle Gia with the job, but maybe like make Gia make sure she goes. Cause clearly Rue's not being the adult or being the older sibling here. Like, I'm sure there's, I know they have um, meetings for like families of alcoholics. I'm sure they have like NA family meetings. Um, they probably, it would be good needed if they happened at the same time. So have Gia go to one because that girl needs mm-hmm. someone who loves her. Or like even, and then have them both go at the same time so that they're each other's brides. Um, her job is drinking wine on the couch. Because like, even though she's not the most responsible adult, have her drop your kid. Like just, there was, there, tell me there's not, not even like family alone. There's not one single person she could have asked for, for support. And like not to blame you know, Rue's mom for her problems. But, like, I also don't think she's taken enough steps. And, unfortunately, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Drew is a minor and she's the parent. She needs to be doing more. Or even, like, I know Ollie, when he came over, like, 
his alliances is to Rue, which I, I guess fair enough. Get his phone number, mm-hmm. maybe. To be like, hey, was uh, Rue at NA today? You know how easy that is to send text? And then Rue gets home from her... Oh, this is where Rue gets home from her little jaunt, and she's still dressed up in her, her uh, drug-getting get-up, and her mom is on the phone. So her mom was home the whole time, and her mom's like, are those my clothes? And she goes, yeah, I auditioned for Lexi's play. And then on the phone, her mom goes, yeah, she's doing really well. You're just going to believe her? <laughs> you know who you can talk to? Lexi. Yeah, you know who you should have no trust in? Rue. I'm sorry, Rue. You don't deserve any trust at this point. Oh. Anyway, we're over our time. We're way over. That was just... It was a good episode, and I like that we went back to our little, you know, recapping characters. And again, I think they do a really good job of giving us insight into, like, there's why Cal is jacked up, which is why he jacked up Nate. And this is why Nate is jacked up, even though Nate is jacked up because he wants to be a little bit... But, like, not entirely his fault at the end of the day. So, you kind of, you know, you see the pipeline of mm-hmm. trauma or whatever you want to call it. But um, Rue needs to learn some behavior and have a better home structure, which is not her fault. But, like, somebody needs to put her in check. Yeah. Who is... Fez was trying, but it's not working. I know she only has one parent, but, like, where is she? She's just on the phone while your daughter's at an NA meeting? You I, have a like, car. She cannot, like, I'm sure she's working a lot because it's just her supporting the two kids. But, like, she cannot possibly be working all of the time. And, like, seriously, you can't just shoot her a text. She might not answer. But, like, you can't be like, hey, Rue, just making sure you're not buying $10,000 worth of drugs. LOL. Yeah. Okay. And then if it's such a small town, I'm sorry, I know we're over. But if it's, it's such a small yeah. town and Rue's biking down the street with a suitcase and no one was like. Someone's going to see her. And and no one knows her mother well enough to be like, yo, um, what's her name? Miss, Miss, Mrs. Bennett. Um, what is this? Down the, suitcase, down the street with the suitcase singing a song. I don't know if that's like, like, is she going? Or like, oh, my God, I didn't know you guys were going on a trip. And she's like, what do you mean? And, like, if the whole school knows that Rue went to rehab, which it's kind of implied that they do, their parents, at least one parent in the town knows. At, there there has to be at least one nosy parent who's like, I'm just going to keep watch on Rue to make sure, you know, my kid is never friends with her. There's a, You're telling me no one in that neighborhood is nosy at all? I just have so many questions. They're not getting I answered. Do. We will bring them back up again next week. Yes, we will. And hopefully and... a shorter episode. Yes, it won't be, but maybe. Um, but I have been Kalina. And I have been Eleanor. This has been Don't Quote Me On That, and we will see you next time. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening and Don't Quote Me On That. One day we'll have an outro, but it's not today.